going to bring a message this morning, and you see the title right there. Take your Bibles and turn over to Hebrews chapter number 12, and I'll do my best to get you out of here on time, amen. But listen, time is of the essence. The Bible reminds us to redeem the time wisely, amen. So while we're here, let's be here, amen. While we're here, some of y'all get that later, amen. While we're here, let's be here, amen. We'll talk about that here in just a minute uh, when we get to the opening here. And I, I got, I'm not going to tell you how many points, amen. You just hang on tight. If you amen me, I'll preach fast, amen. <laughs> and we'll get you out of here at a decent time. Like I said, I'll try to keep an eye on the clock. I know uh, as, as preachers, you know, we tend a lot of times to over-prepare, uh, and then God will go through and kick things out as we're working our way through the outline. God says, nope, not that. Nope, not that. Now stay right here for just a little bit. Uh, so y'all hang on with me this morning here. And I want to preach on this thought, for consider him. For consider him. And I love our song services this morning and literally everything that, that we sung about, every, everybody, every, every song that was sung this morning literally revolved around him. Amen. It revolved around the Lord Jesus Christ and what he has done and uh, what he has done and what he is doing and what is going to happen. Amen. Uh, I'm excited to preach this morning uh, out of Hebrews chapter number 12. If you can stand, if you would stand just for a moment, I will read three verses very quickly here and then we'll let you have a seat and then uh, we'll just jump right into it this morning. Hebrews chapter number 12. Beginning in verse number one, wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Verse number two, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And verse number three, for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. But I'm interested in the very beginning of verse number three. As I was reading and going through some notes and just uh, kind of reading over some, some thoughts that I had written down, and uh, us preachers, we know this, when God gives us a thought, we just write it down or jot it down and kind of toss it to the side, and maybe the Lord will help us develop that into a message. And I, and I preached out of these uh, few verses out of Hebrews 1 and 2 before about staying in your own lane, and I went back to that message, I think it was back in 2018 when I preached it at the lower building, and man, just how God stirred my heart once again to run my race with patience. And there's so much that we can preach just within these few verses. But as I read that scripture again, when I got to verse number three, and literally I think me and my wife, we were getting ready to go somewhere. And I was just kind of reading over the scripture one more time. And I read through that. And when I got to verse number three and it said, for consider him. It's like the Lord said, that's it. Stop right there. That's what I want you to preach on. So I jotted it down on the three five card, set it right in front of my computer and said, Lord, when I get back, I'm going to start studying. I'm going to look, look into that. And the Lord developed that into the message that you're going to hear here shortly. But you can be seated. You can be seated. We're going to preach this morning on this thought, for consider him. And let's pray and then we'll jump right into it. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we do thank you, Lord, once again for the opportunity to be here, Lord. What a privilege and honor it is to be in your house and amongst your people in God. I thank you for this place, Lord, a place of refuge where we can come and get encouragement and get the preaching and teaching of God's word, where we can sing together, where we can uplift and encourage one another, where we can pray together in one accord, lifting up our burdens unto you, a God who loves us and a God who answers prayers. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would help now in this service. Lord, help me, Lord, clear my mind and clear my thoughts of anything that may be a distraction. And God, I pray, Lord, that you'd have me preach exactly what you want preach this morning. Lord, help everyone, Lord, that is here this morning. Lord, be here. Be attentive unto your word. Lord, hang on to every verse of scripture that is read. Lord, maybe something that is said this morning will lodge in our hearts and our minds. And Lord, may we take it and apply it to our lives. May we share it with others. Lord, as we go about our days here in the next week, God, I pray, Lord, that you would be with us right now in this place. Lord, your word says where two or three are gathered in your name, that you would be in the midst. And God, I pray that you would just pour us out a blessing so much so that we cannot receive it 
it all this morning. Lord, challenge our hearts this morning. Encourage those that need encouraging. Lord, I pray that you'd save the lost. And Lord, help us now as we expound upon you. God, I pray, Lord, that you would help us preach Jesus Christ this morning. Lord, hide me behind the cross. Lord, I'm unworthy to be here. I'm unworthy to stand behind this pulpit. I'm unworthy to preach your word. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd flow through me now like never before. I love you, Lord, and I thank you, Jesus, for everything that you've done in my life. And I can't wait to see what you're going to do in the remainder of this service. In Jesus' name we do pray, amen and amen. I want to preach this morning on For Consider Him. And like I said, as I was reading through these verses of Scripture, there's so much that we can teach and preach on about running our race with patience, about beginning the race, and about running the race, and running that race with patience. And as I work my way down through here, and as we read the Scriptures this morning, uh, I hope it hits you like it did me, for consider Him. Uh, because ultimately, you won't run a race unless you consider Him. You're not going to be in the fight unless you consider Him. You're not going to be, uh, you're not going to be in the army of the Lord. You're not going to be one of his unless you first stop and consider him. And this morning, if you would, I want to take just a few moments and I want to build the case for the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I do that this morning? Uh, almost as a court scene, if you would. And, and this morning, I want to present to you the Lord Jesus Christ, maybe, in a, maybe in, in, a, in a way that you've not heard it before. And I've got a lot of scripture. There's no way you're going to turn to them all. I think I counted them last night. There's 42 scripture references just within, this, within the sermon here that the Lord laid upon my heart. I'm going to give them to you very quickly this morning, but I want the word to get to your hearts this morning and pierce your hearts. And maybe, just maybe today, you can have a fresh outlook of who Jesus really is. And I want to build that case this morning, but as I began to look at these words for consider him, I pause for just a moment on the word consider, right? Because you, you see a word like that and it kind of makes you stop and think, right? That's what the word consider literally means to analyze, to think upon, to study, to contemplate, to meditate, or to concentrate. And the writer of Hebrews here gives us these first three verses here. Verses one and two challenge us about running the race with patience and laying aside all those sins and the weight that's, that, e that very easily beset us from running that race. And, and then, but when you get to verse number three, it's the cause of why we should be running. It's the cause of why we run the race with patience and why it's very important for us to get rid of those weights and those sins and all these things. It's going to hinder us from running the race that we are called to run. And when you get to verse number three, for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. I'm interested in that last word as well, because that's where it starts. It all starts in the mind. It starts with us contemplating. It starts with us thinking, does it not? You know, you, you've heard this said before. No doubt your parents have said it. My parents have said it to me a lot. Uh, think before you act. How many of you ever had that said? How many of you ever had that said a lot? Amen. That's all right. Both my hands went up. My mom and dad may be watching online today and they're like, amen, you tell them. <laughs> the, you know, the think before you act, you know. But as we read verse number three, we see this. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. So we see it starts with the mind here. So as we began to consider him, as we began to ponder, as we began to analyze the Lord Jesus Christ this morning, is so often we focus upon the wrong things in life. And it's so easy to do as, as, as since the fall of man, people have had trouble staying focused. Uh, and we live in today in a day of, of unprecedented uh, distractions. We live in a day of distractions. We live in a day being bombarded on all sides with distractions. And, and you can testify to this. And many of you, many of you uh, uh, more mature folk in here this morning can, can testify to this, that our generation that is growing up now, their attention spans are so short and it's got to be quick and it's got to be on to the point and move on to the next thing. Where the more mature folk in here this morning, you can sit and you can read a book and you can just ponder. How many of you just love to daydream? It's, oh, yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. The days of daydreaming is long gone because technology has consumed us. We've got to be watching something. We've always got to be connected to something and letting somebody else put into us when we the, the days of just sitting by on the front porch and just relaxing and enjoying God's creation and looking at what God has done. And listen, and that's the thing. We, we don't pause anymore. We don't stop anymore. We're in a day of distraction. And the fun, one of our most, most fundamental dangerous problems is this thing of distraction. This thing of distraction is being distracted from God because that's what the devil wants. Understand this this morning that the devil wants nothing more but to overload your life with so much stuff that you are distracted. Not necessarily even with sinful things, but with things that will distract you and will cause you to think about those things instead of God. It will cause you to ponder and wonder about those things that are lesser important than God and God's will and God's plan that he has for your life. These things of distraction, I mean, you think about it with these things of distractions, we all have them. Many of you have them here this morning. They're called a cell phone. Amen. Please silence all phones. Amen. Uh, but listen, you have a cell phone in your pocket and, and that thing is a distraction with constant dings, uh, with constant ringing, with constant vibration. And I, I was even last night trying to go to sleep. Amen. I get a message at 11 o'clock. Brother Timmy, amen. He's all right. He's raising his hand. <laughs> 11 o'clock. I'm like, I just, how many of you hate that when you just fall asleep? You know what I'm talking about. Well, I mean, even if you're trying to take a nap or something, it's like, I, I got a few minutes. I just need to rest. And the moment you hit, I mean, I'm talking about you fall off that edge. You know what I'm talking about? Like when you just lay down, you can still hear everything. You know everything's going on. Then that moment, everything goes silent. You're like, oh, there it is. And then, bing. Are you serious? In that moment, you are not very spiritual. Just be honest, amen. And I was like, it is 11 o'clock. Oh, it's a funny video. Hang on. <laughs> amen. Amen. <laughs> But we're constantly bombarded with these things, distractions. Our cell phones, the TV, our jobs, uh, I mean, the entertainment world is constantly trying to bombard us, sports and our hobbies. We have plenty of things to be distracted from God and from the will of God. And lots of experts have even been talking about the negative effects this is having on us. And many of us feel it, the buzzing of the brain, the attention atrophy, and the, the, the diminishing tolerance for reading. Just simply sitting down and being able to read uh, it's hard for even me to sit down and read. A lot of times I skim. How many of y'all skim and just kind of read the highlights? You're like, yep, yep, yep. All right, I got it. Uh, especially when it comes to instructions, fellas. <laughs> Give me a picture. Don't, I don't want words on a page. Just show me what size bolt goes into what hole. A goes into C. Uh, you got it. Amen. I can do that. Uh, you know, but when it comes down to reading, it's sometimes it's hard because we're constantly being distracted and we're, we're literally uh, becoming conditioned. Can I say that word? We're being conditioned to distraction. We're being conditioned. The next generation is literally, okay, we'll send them home with iPads. They can do all their schoolwork on an iPad now. No more writing, no more pencils, no more, no more writing out your essays. It's all texting them out. And if you're like me, I don't text that good. I go, doo-doo, and I just speak. And it types it out for me, amen? But we're being conditioned to distractions. And it's harming our ability to stop and to listen and think carefully, to be still and to pray and to meditate. Literally because of the distractions that are around us. And the devil loves to distract our attention and focus away from Christ and what he has done on the cross of Calvary. We, he, he loves to distract us and pull us away from the church. And those distractions are there literally on purpose to pull you away and to cause your mind to wonder about all these other things that are lesser than God. But let's think about this for a moment. We're here at church this morning. Amen. I'm excited that you're here, amen? He said, Brother Brandon, you don't know me. That's all right. The Lord knows who's all here, and I'm excited that you're here. Some of you got here for Sunday school, 945. I love Sunday. If you don't come to Sunday school, you are missing it. You are missing a blessing, amen? Uh, just don't ask the teenagers, amen? I preached to them this morning. Uh, but uh, listen, you are missing a blessing 
just for being here for Sunday school. Some of you get here well before that. 9.30, 9 o'clock, this place is already a beehive of activity. You're excited to be here. You're excited to give your everything to the Lord. You can't wait to get here and get in and get involved, amen? And it's a great thing to do so, but let's just pause for just a moment and think about it. Let's say you got here at 9.30 today. All right, everybody here, you got here at 9.30. Sunday school is going to start at 9.45. So you have 15 minutes. What do you do? You fellowship, you shake hands, you talk to one another, right? You encourage one another. Uh, somebody may come up to you, talk about work or talk about this. Hey, what'd you do this week? All these things that's going on, right? So we talk about all these things. So uh, and we normally try to get you out here about 12.30. I will do my best to do that this morning, amen? Uh, let me get through this introduction. And the first point is my longest one, and then we'll hammer down from there, okay? Uh, but listen, so we're here from 9.30. Let's say, theoretically speaking, we're here from 9.30 to 12.30, it's three hours, right? In that three hours, how much will your mind wander? In those just three hours out of a 24-hour day, how much will your mind wonder about work tomorrow, about the stress, about bills, about your job, about uh, maybe your favorite sport team is playing right here in the next few moments, kickoff starting or soccer or whatever sport you like is getting ready to start. And you're wondering, oh, I wonder how my team's doing. Oh, I wonder who they put in. And we're talking about three hours that we're here at church. And in those three hours, distractions will come into our minds. And if we're not careful, we'll think upon those distractions. How about this? How about this? Uh, may, may, maybe, maybe not even sports. Maybe, maybe it's just the time. Look out. <laughs> There's some churches that buzzers go off at 12 o'clock. Hey, it's time to go. Preacher, you quit. Lights on, stop. I'm glad it's not like that here. Some just think about the time, whether they're going to get out late or early, where they're going to eat. But in, the, in these three hours, it's very vital for you and I as Christians to grow, to learn, to absorb as much as we can with the brethren and sisters that are here. Why? Because iron sharpeneth iron. Because when we get out in the lost world, there ain't no iron out there to sharpen. It's going to make your blade dull. But when you come in here to the house of the Lord, when you come into church and when the church arrives and we begin to fellowship, we begin to encourage one another, we begin to uplift and pray for one another, there's something great about that because it takes our mind off of all the distractions. It takes our mind off the phones. When we come in this place, what's the first thing we do? We silence the these things. Some of you leave them in the car. Hey, man. Why? Because you don't want to be distracted from what God has for you. You see, distraction is one of the very vital tools that the devil uses. That is, is, is the very moment that when, that when God's beginning to speak to your heart, your phone's going to vibrate. You're like, what's that? Who's texting me? It's the very vital moment when a kid is going to cry. It's okay. The kids cry. I know. I got four of them. Amen. Some of them still cry too much. Y'all pray for us. Amen. But in these three hours, how much will our attention and our minds be pulled away from Christ? So for the next few moments, if you'll hang on with me, 30 minutes. I'm watching the clock. All right. Don't time me, but I'm watching. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what time it is. I'm just going to tell you I'm watching it. It makes you feel good, doesn't it? Amen. Give me 30 minutes. And I want to present to you the Lord Jesus Christ. May we consider him for the next 30 minutes. Right now in your minds, go ahead and think, think your last few thoughts before we shift all of our attention, all of our focus on the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. Now, with that being said, I want you to go ahead and take your Bibles and turn over to John. There's going to be a handful of places in John that I want you to look at with me here in just a moment. But the Bible tells us that our minds need to be focused on several things. In Psalm 139, 17, how precious also are their thoughts, of, uh, thoughts unto me, O God, how great is the sum of them. Isaiah 26, 3, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. In Philippians 4, in verse number 8, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are, are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, 
praise, think on these things. So the Bible tells us some things to think upon. But if you think about Philippians, and even as I read that this morning, when you began to read about the, uh, in Philippians 4, verse number 8, and it begins to list all these things, all I can think about, all those attributes literally are the attributes of the Lord Jesus Christ. Think upon these things, these things, whatsoever things are honest and true and, and things that are just and pure and lovely and of good report. And if there be any virtue, oh, there's virtue in the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, and if there be any praise, there's plenty of praise right there. Listen, think on these things. So let's do this this morning very quickly here. Number one, let's consider the claims of Christ. Let's consider Christ of who he is. Who is the Lord Jesus Christ? Who does he claim to be? Through scripture, we have plenty of scriptures who he, he, he basically tells you who he is and, and why he's here. And let's look at some of them this morning in John chapter number six, flip over there, John, John chapter number six and verse 35, Jesus says this about himself and Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Flip over to John chapter number 10, just a few pages over John chapter number 10. Jesus once again tells us in John chapter number 10 and verse number nine, he says this, I am the door, not only the bread of life, but now he says, I am the door by me. If any man enter, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Listen, you're right there in John 10. Look down at verse number 11. Jesus says this, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Do you get the picture of who Jesus is and what he is exclaiming here? Who who is Jesus Christ? Listen, John chapter number eight, flip back one page. John chapter number eight and verse number 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Listen to this one in John chapter number 11 and verse number 25. Jesus saith unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though were he were dead, yet shall he live in John John 14, 6, Jesus reminds them of this. Jesus saith unto them, I am the way, the lie, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. John 10, 30, Jesus says, I and my Father are one. In John 8, 58, Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. Do you get him this morning? Oh, he is telling you all about himself this morning. Not only of his person, we see that, but let's look at his power. Look over in John chapter number 10. I'm all, I won't have you turn to them all. I'll read them quickly. But his power this morning in Colossians chapter number one and verse 16 through 17, for by him were all things, all things created that are in heaven and that are in the earth visible and the invisible, whether they be thrones, dominions, or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And verse number 17, and he is before all things and by him all things consist. Look at John chapter number 10. We're talking about his power now. He is literally talking about the power that he has. In John chapter number 10, verse number 17 and 18, therefore doth my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it up again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it up again. This commandment I have received of my father. Now, not only do we see him describing himself, his person, we see his power. Let's look very quickly here at his promises. Stay right there in John. Look at John chapter number 10, 27. I'll be there in just a moment. Matthew 11, 28 and 30 says this, come unto me. We're talking about some of his promises, not all of them. We would not have all day to exclaim and proclaim all of his promises. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 reminds us of this, come unto me, all ye that are labor, that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Listen to Matthew in chapter number nine and verse number six. But that he may know that the son of man hath power on earth to forgive sins. Then saith he to the sick of the palsy, arise and take up thy bed and go into thy house. Listen, you're right there in John 10. Look at 27 and 28. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out out of my hand. We see there's some promises from the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Not only do we see his person, we see his power, we see his promises. And I promise I'm moving quickly watching the clock this morning. Number two, let's consider the character of Christ. So we consider the claims of Christ, of who he says he is. Now let's look very quickly at the character of Christ. All through scripture, we read about the Lord Jesus Christ and we read about his character all throughout it. We read about his compassion, about his sympathy, about his servanthood, whole about his love, about his grace, but also about his sinlessness, his sinlessness. Let's look at a few verses. Turn your Bibles over to 1 Peter. There's two verses of scripture I want you to see there. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5 and verse 21 tells us this of his sinlessness. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. In 1 Peter, you're there in 1 Peter chapter number 2 and verse number 22. Look at your Bible and see what it says. Talking about the Lord Jesus Christ and his sinlessness. 1 Peter 2.22, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Look down one more chapter to 1 Peter chapter number 3 and verse number 18. For Christ, chapter number 3, verse number 18 of 1 Peter, for Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. We're talking about the Lord Jesus Christ and his sinlessness. He lived a life here on this earth, 33 and a half years of sinlessness. Never once had a bad thought. Never, never once did he sin against his heavenly father. Never once. If he'd have sinned once, you and I would have to be looking for another atonement for our sins. But he didn't. He was sinless. And when he went to the cross, he was sinless. When he laid down his life, he was sinless. He was the sinless lamb of God who laid down his life for you and for me. We see the character of Christ, of his sinlessness. Number three, let's consider the concern of Christ. I want to park right here for just a moment midway through. We consider the concern of Christ. As we make our way down through here, we, we read the claims of Christ, of who he says he is, and then we see the character of Christ. And now I want you to focus in on the concern of Christ. What was he concerned about while he was here? Well, let's look at a few verses of Scripture this morning, if you would. Take your Bibles and turn over to John again. Very familiar. I hope you got your fingers licked. Amen. I should have told you that beforehand. Most preachers do. Listen, you're going to turn a lot in your Bibles. Amen. John chapter number three, and then we're going to flip over to John chapter number 10 in just a moment. Let's look at this right here. Consider the concern of Christ. The concern of Christ. Can I tell you, church, this morning that Jesus loves you? Let me say that one more time just to really let it sink in. That Jesus loves you doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, where you've came from, how you got here this morning. It does not matter your background. It does not matter whether you come from a broken home or a happy home. It does not matter. All that really matters is that you understand that there is one who loves you and his name is Jesus Christ. He loves you this morning with more love than you and I can ever fathom this side of glory. I don't think we'll ever under, fully understand the true love that the Lord Jesus Christ has for us. But he loves you this morning. Young people, he loves you this morning. Maybe you haven't heard that this morning. He loves you this morning. Jesus loves you. We sang that, that song this morning at the rest on Brother Mike. Jesus loves me. This I know. Look at your Bibles in John chapter number 3, verse number 16. Very familiar passage of scripture, and I'll hit a few more as we work our way down. We're talking about the concern of Christ now, that Jesus loves you. In verse number 16 in John chapter number three, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This is the love of God, the love of God and the love of Christ. The love of God was to send his own son. The love of Jesus Christ was to continue in the will of his father all the way to death. 
We, we use that word love too much and too loosely today. Our vocabulary, we use it too much. Love you, love, 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 love. We see it everywhere. We see it on TV. We see it on our phones. We see it in every ad that comes on the television. We hear about all these things. We see love written everywhere, but true love is found right here in Scripture. True love is found right here in the Bible. True love is found in the Lord Jesus Christ because he loved you to death. He loved you so much so that he was willing to die for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The Bible tells us in Romans 5, 8, but God commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I'm thankful for that verse right there. Hey, Hey, man goes right there. For while we were yet sinners, when we didn't care about God, when we didn't care about the things of God, when we were distracted by the world, when the devil had us so bound down in sin and so distracted with the world and all the things that it has to offer, we didn't care about God, but God still loved you. Jesus still loved you. God loved you so much so that he sent his son to die for you. And Jesus went all the way to the cross for you. He died for you. Oh, that's the love of the Father right there. We use that word love too much, but true love is right here written down in Scripture. For God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You're, you're in John. Look down at uh, John chapter number 10 and verse number 10. 1 John, 1 John 4, 19 reads this. We love him because... We love him because he first loved us. John 10, 10 reads like this. You're there, follow along with me. The thief cometh not but for to steal and kill and to destroy. Sounds just like the devil, don't it? Oh, yes, because that's what he is there to do, to steal, to kill, to destroy, to distract, to cause you to go into depression, anything to get you sidetracked and get your mind off the Lord Jesus Christ. But I am come. <laughs> he says this, I am come that they might have life and not only just have life and that they might have it more abundantly. You know why people aren't living an abundant life this morning all across the world? Because they have not experienced true life through the Lord Jesus Christ. They're still dead in their sins. Listen, we were all there once, amen? Listen, hey, even if you're saved in here this morning, I want you to think back. At one point in your life, you were dead to your sins. You were a debtor to the Lord Jesus Christ and you were bound to pay for those sins in a place called hell. Nobody likes to talk about that place this morning, but we're going to preach about it here for just a moment. This place called hell is a literal place. The Bible has a lot to say about this place hell. And if we're not careful, we get so sidetracked and distracted that we forget that there's a God who loves us and wants to save us and get us away from this place called hell and eternal separation from him forever. And give us that mansion that we sang about. Walk the streets of gold and be with him forever. But we get so distracted sometimes in this life, we don't think about it. And that's where the devil wants us. That's where the devil wants us, to be distracted. But God loves you. Jesus loves you. Consider the concern of Christ. Number one, Jesus loves you. Number two, he came to save you. Oh, yes, my friend. Look at John chapter number three. Flip back again with me. I know you're turning a lot this morning, but this is good. You need to lay your eyes on a lot of these scriptures this morning. Jesus not only loves you, but he came to save you. Luke chapter 19, verse number 10 tells us, tells us this. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. In John chapter number 3, verse number 17. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but, by, but that the world through him might be saved. Get this now. In 1 John 4, 14. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior 
savior of the world. Titus chapter number two, verses 11 through 14 tells us this, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. Oh yes, not only did the Lord Jesus Christ love you, he died for you, but he wants to save you today. You're here this morning and you're not, maybe you've never experienced Christ before. I taught about a little bit about that this morning. I got to hurry. Hey man, time goes quick. I taught a little bit about that this morning, about being a witness for Christ in my Sunday school class. And I made mention of this. In order to be a witness, you first must experience. You cannot testify about something in which you have not experienced or saw it with your own eyes. In order for us to be a good witness for Christ, we first must experience Christ. Maybe you're here this morning and you have a good head knowledge Oh, you, you, you know about the Lord, you've read about the Lord, and you even know some of the things that I'm bringing out this morning. You may, you may even know more than what we're even bringing out this morning about the Lord and what he's done and how he's worked all throughout history and how he's worked and, and all these miracles, and you can list them out, and, and you know all these things, but it's never moved from the head knowledge down to the heart. It's great to have a head knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's great to have knowledge of him, but it's different to trust him. That's two different things. To know and to trust, they're different. You first must trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior to be saved. We read about that. We'll read that here in just a minute. We consider the claims of Christ, who he says he is, the character of Christ, and the concern of Christ. Let's look at this very quickly here. Consider the crucifixion of Christ. The crucifixion of Christ. Take your Bibles, Romans chapter number 5. Romans chapter number 5. I want your eyes to fall upon this. The world looks at Jesus with many different viewpoints. Some say he's a good teacher. Some say he's a good prophet. Some say he's just a man. Some say he's completely made up. But history and science has proven the Bible time and time again to be true and to be factual. And as we look very quickly, just at one verse of scripture here, and then I'll, 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 I'll read the rest of them here. But the world looks at the Lord Jesus with many different viewpoints, and they look at him as it's not rational that just one would die for the sins of others. Why would someone be willing to give up their life who has lived a sinless life for others who are bad people, who don't like him, who, are, who, who, who blaspheme him, who, 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 who beat him, who spit upon him, who ripped his clothes off, who mocked him? Why would he die for those people? Simply because of love. Because that's how much love that the Lord Jesus Christ has for us. Remember, we just read that verse when we didn't love him. When we were in our sins, he still died for us. Romans, five, Romans chapter number five and verse number seven and eight reminds us of this. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. Oh, but God. <laughs> Don't you love your Bible? But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He took our sins upon himself in 1 Peter chapter number 2, verse 24, who his own self bare our sins in, on, in his body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes we are healed. Isaiah said it this way in Isaiah 53 verses five through seven, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. This chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray and have turned everyone as 
own way, and the and 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 the and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before his shearers is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. As he went to the cross, being ridiculed, being made fun of, knowing what was to come as the sins of mankind would be poured upon him. He who knew no sin was going to become sin on that tree. He knew what was coming in the garden. That's why he prayed, Father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, that's the love of God. Nevertheless, thy will. Nevertheless, he said, I'll go. Nevertheless, he said, I love him so much so I'm willing to go. God, if there's no other way, I'm willing to go all the way unto death. He took our sins upon himself. He put his righteousness upon us. Look at this in 2 Corinthians chapter number 5 and verse 21. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Number next, very quickly here. I got to put it in overdrive. Y'all hang on tight. I only got three more points. Amen. Don't throw rocks yet. I'm trying. Consider the conquest of Christ. Let me hit these very quickly and we'll jump down to the, to the next point. The promise that he would conquer death in John chapter number two, verse 19, Jesus answered and said unto them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. The power by which he conquered the death in John chapter number five and verse 21, for as the father raises up the dead and hath quickened them, even so the son quicketh whom he will. In John 10, 17 and 18, therefore doth my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it up again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it up again. This commandment I have received of my father, the pronouncement that he had conquered death in Matthew 28 and verse number six. He is not here for he is risen. And he said, come and see the place where the Lord lay in Revelation chapter number one and verse number 18. I am he that liveth and he that, and he was dead and behold, I am alive evermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death, the purpose for which he conquered death in John 14, nine, yea, a little while and the world seeth me no more but ye see me because I live ye shall live also in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 55 through 57 old death where is thy sting old grave where is thy victory the sting of death the sting of death is sin and the, and the strength of sin is the law but thanks be unto God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ he's conquered death he conquered death not for himself, but for us. He that took the sins and paid our penalty, he paid all of the sin debt hanging on the cross, bleeding out for you and I, paid that debt with his precious blood, with his sinless blood. He paid all of our sin debt, took that upon himself and came out victorious. Number six, very quickly here, consider the commission of Christ. Let's look at the commission of Christ very quickly here. Take your Bibles and I want you to look at Luke chapter number five. Luke chapter number five. Consider the commission of Christ. The plan of Christ is to reach the lost. We read that in Luke 19:10. For the Son of Man is for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. The patience, the long suffering of God is to reach the lost. In Second Peter chapter number three and verse number nine, the Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering. To us, word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. In Luke 5, 31 and 32, in Jesus answering and said unto them, they that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick, they that are sick, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And I'm thankful for that right there. I'm thankful that he was willing to come. I'm thankful that he was willing to die. I'm thankful that he didn't stay dead. He's 
he's alive evermore and he's waiting on you and I just to accept that free gift of salvation through his death. Romans chapter number three, verse 23 reminds us of our place. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That word all is all inclusive. That means everyone. In Union Grove terms, that's everyone. That's every one of you. Amen. We'll, we'll get deep in Iredale County. That's a little Rowan County coming out too. Amen. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And because of our sin, there is a penalty we must pay in Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death. There is a sin debt that you and I must pay. And the only way we can pay it is through death. And in a place called hell, ever to separated from God. But I'm glad the Bible doesn't stop there. I'm glad, Brother Looney, that the Bible doesn't stop right there. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 8. But God, once again, we read this verse. I want you to hear it now. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God loves you right where you're at this morning. I don't know what obstacles that you overcame to be here this morning. I don't know what you faced last week that was trying to distract you, to deter you from coming this morning. But I'm glad you're here. And I'm glad this morning for the saints, those of us that are saved this morning, I'm thankful that we can analyze and consider Christ in a much deeper way. But maybe you're here this morning and you're lost. You don't know the Lord as your Savior. You've never came to that point when you realize that you are a sinner in need of a Savior. Let today be that day. Today, like the Bible says, that we can pass from death unto life. And Romans 6, 23 reminds us, for the wages of sin is death. But that verse doesn't stop there, and I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful, I'm thankful that, the, that the verse doesn't stop with just death. No, but for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And Romans 10, 10 and through 13 tells us this, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him in verse number 13 for whosoever for whosoever for whosoever that's you this morning for whosoever you're sitting there contemplating Christ that's you this morning for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved I'm thankful that I'm a whosoever hype my <laughs> oh yes whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. And then 1 John reminds us of these things. In chapter number 5, verse number 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, that you may know, K-N-O-W, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. We're done this morning. I got, I got to quit. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the last one right quick. Consider the coming of Christ. Visible, victorious, and very soon. But consider the commission of Christ this morning. He came to save that which was lost. He came to seek and to save. And he loves you this morning. With every head bowed and every eye closed, we're done. I got to close it up. I got to be done. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Let's not think about the time, but right now, let's redeem the time. You say, Brother Brandon, I'm saved this morning. Hallelujah. I'm excited for you. Let's run our race with patience, considering him. Let's consider Christ in everything that we do. Let's consider each one of these that we went through as we serve the Lord willingly with everything that we've got. But there may be some here this morning Every head bowed and every eye closed. Nobody's looking. Nobody's looking. Nobody's looking. Nobody's moving. Nobody's looking. But there may be one here in a crowd this size, no doubt, that you're unsure of your salvation. You're unsure of your eternity. You're unsure. So, Brother Brandon, well, I, you know, I, I think maybe. No, 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 no. 
I don't want to hang my eternity on a maybe, on a I think, on a I hope so, on a, well, I'm doing the best I can. Because you see, it's not about what we can do, but it's all about what Jesus has done. And this morning, would you consider him? This morning, you've, listen, I've been where you've been. Unsure where you're going to spend eternity, trying to fulfill everything that this world has to offer, running here, running there, trying everything to fill that void. But that void's still there. You know deep down inside there is something missing. Maybe this morning you would pause and get your mind off all the distractions and consider him. Maybe this morning, so Brother Brandon, well, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I think I'm saved. Oh, no. The Bible tells us how we can know, how we can know. How about it this morning? With every head bowed and every eye closed, he said, Brother Brandon, I'm unsure of my salvation. I'm unsure of my eternity. I just want to know how to pray this morning for you. And you'd be, you'd be willing to lift your hand and say, Brother Brandon, here's my hand as a testimony. I'm not saved this morning. I am not saved. I'm not saved this morning. Oh, but I sure want to be. Oh, I want to experience that love that you preached about. I want to consider Christ this morning. I see that little hand. Anybody else this morning? Every head bowed and every eye closed. No one's looking. Amen. We're going to pray for that little one. You may be watching live stream tonight or this morning. And maybe you've never considered Christ. There are people that are standing by the phones that are willing to take the phone call right now. If you'll call, we'll be able to answer and talk to you about the Lord. Be able to pray with you. So let's do this this morning. Let's all stand to our feet. Let's all stand to our feet. Just a moment of invitation. This is your opportunity. Oh, hold on with me now. Stay with me. Don't let your mind wonder where you're going next. Hold on for just a few moments. I know how it is. But hang on with me just for a few moments. Christians, this is our time. Maybe it would do us good to just rededicate our service to the Lord. And while we're doing that, we consider Him. For He's worthy. He is worthy of our service. He is worthy for us to give the Lord our everything to be able to serve him with a zeal that is unmatched by this world. This is your opportunity. Just a moment, a couple stanzas. We'll sing here in just a second. This is your opportunity to respond to what you've just heard. Have you considered him this morning? Will you consider him now? If you're lost in here, you maybe didn't. I know how it is. I didn't raise my hand the first time either. I don't think I raised it the second time. But you're unsure of your salvation. We got some personal workers that are making their way up to the front now. Maybe you just need somebody to pray with you. Maybe you just, maybe you need, maybe you need to get saved today. Maybe today could be the day of salvation for you. Today, your eternity could be changed. Your life could be transformed by the power of Jesus Christ.